Tonight we think about and are instructed from the catechism as it lays out Scripture's teaching, Lord's Day 40, or excuse me, 50, Lord's Day 50, where we are thinking upon that petition of receiving our daily bread from the Lord. Page 895 in the back of your hymnals is where you'll find that question and answer. We'll be looking first this evening at Luke 11, verse 3, to set before us that petition. That's page 869, 869 in your Bibles there in front of you. And as we uh, turn there, let me offer up a prayer for the, the churches in India, as I uh, de- desired to do in our in our prayer a moment before. But let us pray for them and, and for the word as it goes forth here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the freedom to gather, that we are not persecuted for the faith uh, in that way, that we are afraid to even name your name. We see that looming on the horizon. We pray that we would remain courageous. We pray for our brothers and sisters there in India who stand courageously and proclaim the name. We thank you for their devotion to building schools, and we pray that you would provide for the resources necessary for that to happen. We ask, O Lord, that you would continue to be with those who are underemployed, who are working only a few days a week, Lord, provide for them as they seek to provide for their ministers, for their churches, and for the needs of their children. Tonight here, as, as we end our worship day, our, our, the Lord's Day, we recognize that they have done so already. Pray that together the word may go forth around the world at all different times unto your honor and your glory. Give us ears to hear, minds to perceive what you have set before us tonight. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, we look at the words of the Lord Jesus as he taught his disciples to pray. He said to them, when you pray, say, give us each day our daily bread. One of the greatest gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, is that God the Holy Spirit stirs our hearts to know what to pray for and leads us to think about our need what is it that we need daily, and where does that, uh, where is that need provided? Where does it come from? The Spirit stirs our hearts, bringing to mind uh, all that we have uh, in our hearts and our minds, taking burdens from us that we would bring them to the Lord and know that He is one who can answer. Prayer is the most important part of our lives, our Christian lives. Our prayers reveal what is in our heart. I believe as Robert Murray McShane said this, a man, is, a man as he is in his closet praying to the Lord, is, 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 that's who he is and nothing more. When we are before the Lord praying without concern for what others hear or what others see, then we are showing our, our, our genuine selves. What we utter in our prayers shows, reveals our hearts. We are those who, when we pray, recognize that we need to, uh, to be instructed as to how to pray rightly to pray for God's glory uh, to be displayed in our lives. Review of what the Catechism said thus far. Prayer is uh, not a special formula by which we manipulate God to give us what we want. 
Rather, prayer recognizes our need and misery and God's power to answer. The Catechism said that in, uh, is, is drawing out Scripture's teaching, 117, when it says that we're to fully recognize our need and misery so that we humble ourselves in God's majestic presence. That is the type of prayer that he will listen to. And prayer is uh, to be childlike, for in it we express awe for God. He's like no other, our Father who art in heaven. Unlike none other, we hallow his name, set, recognizing that he is unlike any other. In it, we ask God to rule and protect us, as we saw in that petition, uh, your kingdom come, rule us by your word and spirit, build your church, destroy the devil's work. Uh, in prayer, we also ask that he would help us to do his will, for his will alone is good. That third petition, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In short, our prayer should communicate dependence. We're commanded to pray for everything we need, spiritually and physically. That's the summary the Catechism gives of the teaching of God to us. The fourth petition continues to instruct us. What does the fourth petition mean? Give us this day our daily bread means. Provide for all our physical needs so that we may recognize that you are the only source of of everything good, and that neither our care and work nor your gifts can do us any good without your blessing. Therefore, may we withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it in you alone. When Jesus teaches, give us each day our daily bread, we are those who recognize that that prayer must go to the Father, for he alone is good. He is the source of all good. Last week, we were reminded in our morning service about God's care for us, that he cares for the birds of the air. He cares for the flowers and the grass of the field. If he cares for them, how much more will he not care for you, was Jesus' teaching there in Luke 12. He knows what we need and provides what we need as a loving Father. There's no shortage of provision in God's hand, in our Father's hand. He can answer all our needs, and He will do so daily. And this petition speaks more specifically to our physical needs. Give us each day our daily bread. When we pray, what I was focused on this week when we pray is we recognize that none of this can come to us for our good apart from His blessing. It's possible for us to receive from God, and yet if he does not help us to understand how we are to respond, what we are to learn can be given to us, and we not fully benefit from it in the way that God would have us to benefit. There are many who are provided for each day who cannot enjoy what they have because they focus on getting and fail to see the hand that it comes from, fail to give thanks to God for his good gifts and the wisdom in giving. Father, provide for all our physical needs so that we may recognize that you are the only source of all good and provide in such a way that we may recognize that neither our care nor our work or gifts can do us any good without your blessing. When we pray for our daily bread, we're praying that we would recognize God's wisdom in his provision, the amount, his timing, when it comes, 
reminding ourselves that God can give us whatever we need, that he will give us what we need daily. We cannot look anywhere else but to him. He will never deny us our physical needs. We must understand that his goodness is seen not only in the amount that he gives, but how. Lean times can teach us as well as times of abundance. I was thinking about that this week. How, how do we uh, learn about that? For us, maybe leanness isn't much of an experience. We are blessed abundantly. But what about leanness? What do we learn from Scripture concerning God has to teach us when there, is, there are lean times? It will teach us to depend upon him. That he's faithful, that he will provide. I was thinking of the story of the widow in 2 Kings chapter 4 when uh, she is uh, coming to Elisha because her husband has died and now her sons are going to be sold uh, into slavery to pay off her debt, or at least to, to pay off in part her debt. And she doesn't know what to do. And so she comes to Elisha. And there's, there's so much in that account that we can learn. Obviously, the, the, the biggest uh, theme there is dependence, depending on the Lord. He says, she says, I have feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. What, what can I do is her, is her concern. She has seemingly not enough. So she comes to Elisha, God's prophet. That's the right step in our need. That's the right first step in our need. It's to come to God and to say, Lord, help. So often you hear people say, well, I don't care for your God. He wasn't there when I needed him. And then as you search a bit more deeply, you ask the questions, well, what is it you were seeking from him? And they were saying, more of the same, more of what I wanted, more of what I desired. And we see in this that they prefer to be on the throne and ask God to be their servant. That's a dangerous place to be. It's not a, it's not a place that we, we are called to be from Scripture. We are called to be dependent and to recognize that God is good and will provide. Ask him to show, to show you what to do. That's what the Scriptures teach in time of, of leanness, providing those who are, are providing for, for your need. He knows what you should do, and he gives generously wisdom to those who ask. He's faithful. He wants his children to grow. In that account of the prophet Elisha, we see God's character. Elisha is immediately ready to help. That's, that's something that we want to see. We don't always recognize that when times are lean, but listen to what Elisha says to her. Verse 2, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? What do you have in the house? What do you, what do you have? And she responds, I don't have much of anything. She said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. But you see, God can save by much or little. He can provide through little or much. And Elisha calls her to go and grab vessels, as many as she can find. And when she does so, she takes that oil and she pours it into these vessels and the oil in the one jar does not run dry until she has run out of vessels. And he says, now go and sell the oil and pay your debts. The Lord providing there in a way that was unexpected with so little. 
Remember Jesus with the disciples. They were uh, out in the countryside, and he's teaching the people. And the day is well spent. It's getting away from them, and the people get hungry. And what does Jesus say to his disciples? He says, you provide them bread, and they can't imagine how they could possibly do that. And then Jesus, in a way similar to what Elisha does, says, what do you have? What do you have here? And they say, five loaves and two fish, but what is that among so many? And God, or, and Jesus looks up to his father, and he, he blesses the bread and the fish, and he breaks the bread and distributes the fish, and all were all ate and were satisfied, we read in Mark 6. Remember what the Bible teaches. Life is in the giver, not always in the amount, or not in the amount, I should say, of the material possessions that you have, not in the gift itself, but the giver. We're to look to the hand of the Lord for everything, to trust that he can do a lot with what he has given us though it may seem meager to us, though it may seem like not much. When we say, I want to be like the world, I want what they have. And God says, but look what it is doing to them. Look how they serve it. Look how they protect it. Look how they find their life in it. No, he says, I will give you your daily bread if you but ask. It's possible that you have less than you think you need, but don't forget the one who provides what you have. He gives you a portion, the portion that you need that you might use it for his glory. What about those in abundance? Perhaps that's more familiar to us. We, what is the lesson to be learned in abundance when we say, well, I, I ask for daily bread, but I have everything I need and then some. Well, we're to learn to be thankful and to be generous. Give us each day our daily bread And then we are to be thankful and generous in abundance. God doesn't give abundance to store it away or to look to it for life, for security. Remember Paul's words that I mentioned not too many weeks ago when he says to Timothy, tell the rich not to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, 1 Timothy 6, 17. God's given most of us more than we need. And it is in our prayer, give us each day our daily bread, that the Father would give his blessing with it, that we would be thankful and generous. For you see, having more of this world doesn't mean we have more life, that we're more alive. It means that we have a greater sum to steward for his glory, that he would be glorified in our abundance. Like the man Job, when Satan came to God and said, well, of course he worships you. Look at the hedge you've put around him. Look at the blessing. But if you take it away, will he yet praise you? Well, in his abundance, he was careful to give to those in need. He said, I've done that. In times when he lost it all, he yet praised God. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. It is from him that my life comes we're to be those who do not set our hearts on the bread that God has given, but upon God, and that we would use it for the good of those in our care and for those around us when need arises, to possess things properly. And our work 
give us each day our daily bread, give us each day our daily bread, that we recognize that you're the only source of everything good and that neither our care and work nor your gifts can do us any good without your blessing. We can work and work and work thinking, well, that's how we are provided for. We're workers. And God connects resources to labor. But work is not our life either. It's not our security. It's not where we can say, well, I can provide for myself. God is the one who gives blessing upon our labors. And we must work doing something useful with our hands so that we may share with those in need, to be sure. But work is not our life. Neither our care or work can do us any good without his blessing. We can labor for the wrong reasons or we can idolize work and give ourselves more to the pursuit of what work brings, the resources, than to think about how am I using what God is giving for his glory. Psalm 127 says this, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, uh, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest eating the bread of anxious toil, where he gives to his beloved sleep. So yes, we work. We're diligent. We recognize the connection between work and provision. Paul warns the Thessalonians not to be lazy, but to work. But working for self, working for stuff, only wears us out. We work to contribute to the greater good. And then we know God's blessing in the process. To be industrious, but not greedy. We work in obedience to God's command, but do not idolize work or the things that money can buy. We find some verses in Proverbs 30 that are helpful, that uh, are believed to be behind Jesus' fourth petition here in his prayer. Proverbs 30, where the... Wisdom sayings are collected. Jesus seems to be alluding to this when he's, ask, when he's teaching the disciples to pray, give us each day our daily bread. Listen to these words, Proverbs 30, verses 7 to 9. Two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying, and give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So many ways that we can fall off one side or the other when it comes to how we possess what God has given. But think of those words for a moment with me. It's the lie of the age that we're here by chance, living for nothing but pleasure and going to nothingness. There's no meaning in it. There's no meaning in our lives for those who believe that life is evolutionary in its, in its trajectory, that we simply just come from nothing and go to nothing. They then can say, along with Paul, who warned against saying this, let us eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. Let's just live it up. Paul says, no, that's not how we work. That's not the, what we do with the resources that God gives. That's not how we pursue those resources, just for ourselves. It's a lie. We live for God. We belong to him. He's not a harsh taskmaster. He wants us to know the joy of receiving from him and the joy of giving to others. He wants us to trust 
him for our daily needs and to know that what we do matters, that it's important. God tells us, or Christ calls us, to be his ambassadors. We represent him through loving service. We're given different gifts and abilities to exercise for the common good. Paul takes that which he sees in his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he says, you are given these gifts and these talents that you might serve the common good. Again, remember the, the communal nature of the prayer that Jesus teaches. Our Father who art in heaven, give us, give us each day our daily bread. Help us to see that communal nature that we live not to ourselves, that we live for the Lord. We live in our families wanting to serve. We live in our greater communities, our school, our workplace to serve, to provide, knowing that God will provide for us. He doesn't want to make material possession the focus of our lives. He gives us balance in our lives between work and rest, between work and leisure. We call it recreation, to recreate, to rest in him. He gives us the Lord's day that we might be mindful that he has done all things for us, that we cannot do anything to deliver ourselves, but that we rest in him. What we pray is that God would give us the food that is needful, verse 8. I mean, neither, neither poverty nor riches feed me with the food that is needful for me. And why is that? He goes on to say, lest I be rich and deny you, lest I be full and deny you, and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. We don't have to look too hard to see that prosperity and affluence can lead a person to reject God. What do I need God for? I have everything I need. I don't need him. I live for now. You live for some pie in the sky, hope in the future. I live for the present. To which God says, this is but a mere fraction of your existence. But a preparation for eternity. But having too little can also lead some to think that breaking God's law and living the life of a thief is acceptable. No. no the wisdom writer says, give me the food that is needful for me lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God, denying him, t- treating him as common, that he's just some other master asking me to do something for him and I can dismiss that as I dismiss others' words. No, we don't want to make him common. He is our God. He will provide for us. He will not put us in a place where we need to break his law to stay alive. We pray that we would recognize that, that we would not forget that, that we would not take to ourselves those things which he has not given, nor think that possessions are our life. When the catechism writers focus Uh, What the catechism writers focus on from this petition is the lesson that they say at the end there, that we should trust in God and not in anything else for life. When we pray, Father, give us each day our daily bread, we're asking that he would provide in such a way that we might withdraw our trust from all other creatures and place it in him alone. From all other creatures and material things and place it in him alone. At our 
council meeting this week, we had a devotional from Psalm 123. I want to share some thoughts from that devotional. Psalm 123, I'm going to read a portion of that as we think about this petition. Listen to those opening verses. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy upon us. Give us, Lord, give us each day our daily bread. Our eyes, our eyes look to you. What do servants own? What do servants possess? Nothing. Nothing. They depend completely upon their master for whatever they receive. The servant of Jesus' day couldn't just go down to the store and spend his discretionary income to buy something from the store. He had nothing. He owned nothing. He He was himself owned, but he was confident that his master would provide what he needed for he was merciful. That is how the psalmist looks to God. The psalmist takes that posture of a servant saying to God, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy upon us. Our prayer is humble servant prayer. We look to our merciful master who doesn't owe us anything, but who delights to give us all things needful. Indeed, he delights to give us the kingdom. We saw Jesus teaching in Luke. He delights to give us the kingdom. We look to the hand of our father for he will provide. God's salvation is progressively revealed in scripture. What we see there is that we are servants who become sons and daughters of God by adoption through faith in Christ, as Paul declares it in Galatians 4. We are adopted into the family that we might be inheritors of all that God has. As God's children, Jesus urges us to ask for our daily needs. His Father, who has become our Father through Christ's death, will provide for us. He will give beyond even what we ask. As he gives daily portion, as he gives it according to his timing, he's teaching us about dependence. He's teaching us about gratitude. He's teaching us about generosity. God gives so richly. He teaches us about ourselves. teaches us about himself as he draws us closer to him. That is part of our prayer. Lord, help us to see how you are drawing us closer to you, the one who is our provider, our sustainer, our life. It is not the material things that we focus upon, but upon the giver. Where can we put our trust for every good thing but in our heavenly Father? There is no other, no other provider. He provides daily bread in perfect wisdom and he shapes us to be more humble, more grateful sons and daughters in his answers. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for giving to us each day all that we need. 
We pray that you would provide in such a way that we would recognize that our work and our care, that none of these would benefit us apart from your blessing. We recognize all that you give as gift to us, that our hearts are not to be set upon that physical blessing, though it is needful, and though we pray for it, but our hearts are to be turned to you, that we might more and more learn of your love, of your care, to provide everything we need, both physically and spiritually. So we come humbly, gratefully thanking you for every good gift. Help us to withdraw our trust from all creatures, to place it in you alone. Hear us, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen.